Hello, welcome to MySpot Talks. I'm Chetan Shah, hosting a series of podcasts for the global events industry. In this week's talks, we catch up with Jack from The Meeting Show, who tells us all about the now fully virtual show, the keynote speakers, the exhibitors, and what the audience can expect in terms of networking and interaction. Okay, I think we're live on Workplace. Thank you for everyone for your patience. Um, as I said, we're just using a new system, so we're using Zoom, and then we're feeding right back into Workplace uh, Voice Forum. Um, so lovely to see you all again. I'm at Browns. We've just had a feedback meeting from the trip last week to Rome, which was really interesting. I mean, on the backdrop of some terrible announcements from the government, which is kind of very disappointing. We were, we still thought it was important to travel, important to show how it can be done, but we know it's not going to be right for everyone right now. But we still need to keep the industry moving as much as we can, as safely as we can. Um, just a few announcements from me. So as always, we're recording this. It's going live on our Facebook voice forum if you could be on mute unless you're jack then that would just help but obviously when you do have and if you do have questions do unmute yourself and come in we want it to be as informal as possible as we always do um you've got the chat box for questions otherwise pop them into there and i'll try and bring you in and we're here just to share best practice um so we can try and recover stronger and faster um Next Wednesday, we are working with Mason Rose to do a showcase with their hotel properties. So there will be uh, on our event page later today that will go live and you can see what we're doing for our talks next week. And on the 4th of November, as many of you hopefully have seen, we've got the live event at the Mayfair Townhouse, which of course has to be reworked with the new guidelines, but we are still very keen and determined to put on a good event that can be hybrid and as soon as we've got more details on that, how we're going to rework the event, we'll let you know. And on the 25th of November, we've got our uh, virtual uh, MySpot Talks Industry Voices, but focusing on luxury and incentives. So 25th of November, again, details out soon. So let's get started. Uh, Jack, hi. Uh, intro yourself. Tell us about you, your role, um, and yeah, your, your position within the meeting show. Hello. Yes. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, I feel like I've done a lot of video stuff recently, so sorry if you're tired of my face um, and this background, but um, you know it's the only way I can kind of connect with people at the moment. So uh, no, thank you, thank you for having me. I'm event director for the meeting show. Um, I've worked on the show for uh, six or so years. I can't can't remember now. Obviously, this is it's been a lot of change over the last twelve months. Um, but I, I kind of I started on the commercial side, um, mainly hold a lot of the the relationships with with the UK destinations. Um, and now kind of head up the the show um, as event director, um, working with um, all the teams to to kind of, well, in an ideal world, deliver a, a large scale um, live exhibition for, for international people, which is obviously very easy to do at the moment. So um, it's been a been an interesting 12 months and um, no, I appreciate the, the opportunity to kind of share our experiences and how we've made decisions and stuff and and what October is going to look like and, and how we're moving forward from it really. Thanks. Well, good, good of you to come on, Jack. And um, I mean, it could, I can't imagine what what an incredible few months, well, the whole industry anyway, but you are one of the bodies that were putting on a large event for our sector. So let's just jump back a bit. So just in terms of that decision to postpone, I mean, that must have been hard in itself. We won't touch on it for too long because we probably need to move on to the, what this like looks like now. But how? what, what was how was that decision made and what 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 materials did you use to make that decision um yeah it was, it was it was everything really i think if we were 
if we were any other other industry, we would have made that decision probably a in a much earlier time. At a much earlier time, um, we felt the importance of trying to show people that live events could take place, um, and we put all of our all of our hearts, all of our effort into doing that. Um, it was a yeah. It, it, during that period, it was, um, there was a lot of guesswork. Obviously, we're we're all working in the same industry. We all know the lack of clarity that we've had, um, and the kind of stress of making decisions on on things which aren't facts. I think we're used to be able to being able to to kind of um, uh, problem solve and and work towards a, a bit of knowledge. But this was just completely unknown. So um, it got to a point where we. There was a, a two-week period, really, where um, there was a bit, quite a shift in momentum from, particularly the UK, and in, in how COVID cases were rising, um, the kind of confidence, the local lockdowns. It, it just then the kind of rumours of the the moving of the first of October start date to the larger in, um, large event. So it, it was everything. We had to look at what we're putting our name to, whether we're confident in um in being able to deliver something that that people have signed up to and and um that the meeting show to me to people has a certain amount of quality towards it. Um so we want to make sure that we're not just putting something on for the sake of putting something on. Like it it was going to actually be a beneficial event for people to attend. Um and just looking at the just all the factors really and it got to a point where um we needed to, to make the call sooner rather than later um we all know about the supply chain and and the kind of effects it has uh pulling an event closer we saw what happened with southampton and the boat show and the local camps pulling that morning off that's everyone's worst nightmare and um from one minute we we kind of said all right we need to have a discussion about that this and 24 hours later, I was announcing it to the team, um, saying that we were going to be making this announcement the next day. So it all had to be done very quickly. And and I always say it's an absolutely gut-wrenching decision to have to make because we're all working in a, in a live events industry for a reason. Um, and uh, we all understand the, the effects pulling a show does have on, on that supply chain and on everyone. Um, so, but I think it's over the last week it's been um shown to have been the right decision we've got massive support from people and everyone's been very understanding about it so uh through the kind of adversity of, of having to, to to make that call it's been nice to to feel the warmth and support from from the industry in in actually doing that and and moving forward yeah i guess you're you're, you're depending on an event for an industry that absolutely can relate to the challenges that you've had so then moving on to the, the, the big decision to go fully virtual, how, what was, tell us about that journey. And again, what were the triggers that made you go, right, this just cannot happen. I mean, obviously government legislation came out after you made that decision, I think. It was, it was kind of overlapping that, on, okay. on that side. Yeah, it was, uh, it was very close. But um, I think even from the start, we, so way back when we, we made the announcement of the postponement to October, um, then we were we were very realistic in being an international show. Thirty uh, percent of our visitors, our hosted buyers, are international. Um, the, the different bands on different countries. We we kind of looked at it and said, right, well, what does this actually look like for our exhibition? Um, and I think we had to be very realistic then, and probably understand that those international people are potentially not going to be able to do it. So how do we still engage them? So even back then. We started this whole process as North Star, as I'm sure you know, we're part of North Star uh, Media, who are a US company. We run 80 to 100 events um, throughout the year, uh, all 
based on kind of traveler meetings. So um, even back then, we started this big project in, in looking at how you can take an event virtually. Um, for us, we still wanted the live event. So we, um, we made sure that we were looking for a hybrid platform um, so we could still support the people that weren't able to come to the show, be that exhibitors, visitors, um, but we could still put on the live event. Um, and we had this massive mate, like honestly, I was on, I was on presentations for, for, um, for, or demonstrations, sorry, from different companies, uh, kind of three times a week. Um, and we had a huge matrix that we put together um, and we long listed then short listed. And we made sure that the eventual people that we went for swap card was, uh, had the ability for us to, to change from a hybrid event into making it fully virtual. Um, so actually the, the process of it was there and we always had that in the back of the mind and the kind of trigger points for, for doing so were the things that I kind of mentioned before, which were the confidence in 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 people actually being able to attend the show. We never wanted to to be in a position where it felt like people were attending the show because they felt they had to. We wanted them to attend it because they wanted to and they felt like it was the right time to do it. So um, we we always had these kind of parameters in place to to make that call. Um, and it just got to the point where unfortunately that that had to be made. Okay, well, let's come back to the decision making on the on the hybrid, on the technology front. So, tell us about this this year's show, the virtual show. How how is it going to work? What what are the key um, features for networking for the education? What are the, some of the highlights that we're going to see? Yeah, sure. So, um, again, kind of, I think I'm I'm fully in the belief that, and I'm sure most of you are, that you can't just pick up a a show and and put virtual in front of it and expect it to run in exactly the same way. Um, part of this whole process has been really boiling down the meeting show and understanding what the key attributes of it are and why people value it. Um, so the things like networking, one-on-one um, -on -one appointments, um, being able to connect exhibitors and, and suppliers, um, having pre-qualified buyers on, on a platform, those were the key aspects that we we've taken from the live show and, and remain constant on, on the virtual show as well. Um, so the whole process of us pre-qualifying buyers is is still happening um obviously we're not hosting them so it's a bit of a different <laughs> offering um the traditional hosted buyer programs are uh, not exactly the same in, on a virtual world so but we still feel that it's important to have um a, a certain uh pre-qualification process so that exhibitors know that they're meeting with people who have some genuine business for them um so we've got the the, the exhibitor list that's up on there they can connect with the the um the buyers, buyers are, are making pre-appointments with them. All the appointments are happening uh, virtually or within the platform. Um, they're screen sharing, so everyone's very afraid with how how this all works now, um, which which is good. So the onboarding's a lot better. Um, and running alongside that, we've got uh, our, our normal education program um, that that people can access to. Everyone can access if they register. So. We've got the normal three days of education that we'll be doing. We've got an amazing um, keynote speaker, and we could probably go into a bit more detail on that with Andy King, uh, made famous from the Fire Festival. Um, he'll be speaking on the Wednesday. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, on the networking side, obviously we've got the the person-to-person -person connections you can make. There's video calling, instant chat, all those kind of features that you would normally expect on a virtual platform. Um, but again, it's it's hard to replicate and this is why we all love live events it's hard to replicate that that live networking how you would experience in a room so we're working on that we've got a couple of ideas that we're, we're trying to implement over the next couple of weeks to, to kind of facilitate that at the show um but really we wanted to 
put together a, a, a platform that doesn't kind of chain people to their desks for, for three days. Um, I think we all react, we all uh, interact very differently with, with uh, on a virtual platform than we would in a live event. And it's, it's probably silly of us to expect someone to sit down at nine and, and finish at five every day. So we try to make it flexible so people can kind of, they can plan their work days around it. They can see the education they want. They know when they got meetings and they can see who's attending and, and kind of connect through it. So yeah, it's been it's been a, a, an interesting journey getting to that, um, and and lots of uh, learning, let's say, um, and uh, been forever grateful of all the uh, input from our kind of partners, our advisory boards, everyone that we've been kind of talking to, people like Visit Britain, London the Partners, and that Paul and, and Fiona and Karen, all those guys, they've been massive because obviously the show for them is a, a big opportunity to showcase the UK to international buyers. So how do you still transfer that onto a virtual platform and, and get people to understand the amazing things that the UK has to offer. So it's been, yeah, it, we're trying to replicate it as best we can, but I think it's, you've got to be realistic about what a virtual platform can offer and, and what, why a live event kind of offers something different. What was it ever considered to do hybrid, even if it was small or is that, does that just complicate things a bit too much at a show of your size? Um, no, well, that was the original plan. So when we were working towards doing a live show, we were going to be doing a hybrid show. I think uh, a bit naively, we didn't when we first sort of came up with the idea. The 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 understanding of what that um, required uh, became very apparent apparent very quickly. Um, but I think moving forward, that's that's probably going to be how you see exhibitions moving because. Um, there is a number of people that can't make events because of time constraints, because of location. Um, and if you're able to open that up to people and, and allow them to engage with your exhibitors, with your education, then then it seems silly not to. Um, so I think moving forward, I mean, certainly us, we're, we're looking at that as, a, as an opportunity, uh, particularly next year, because obviously the, the, they'll, they'll be having to understand how June will look next year um, there I think it'll be advisable for, for people to still be looking at the hybrid side but even moving forward from then it, it creates an opportunity for more connections and essentially that's what our industry is about isn't it it's, it's connecting people and, and in one way or another and ideally a face-to-face but if, if it has to be over a virtual platform then then that also works. Yeah I mean I think um, there was a there was a question a really good question from Karen Chadwick from Radisson um, Hotels who's and I think you touched on it was, you know, you've got your exhibitors and you've got your buyers and hosted buyers that will come along and they'll have a purpose, um, either just to walk the floors or to have one-to-one appointments um, in a live environment. And you're able to absolutely replicate that in a virtual. But those guys that kind of just walk the floor and then you have a chance conversation, you bump into someone, that's the beauty of live. And, and you know, things you never thought were the opportunity end up being the opportunity or the, or the best part of that experience now did you say that you are working on a way to try and replicate that or is that just way too difficult uh, yeah it's i mean you're quite right the the unexpected inspiration of an event is what makes it so good because you might bump into someone have a conversation that that leads to something and it, it's a very hard balancing act particularly on a virtual platform um we have exhibitors and and they have uh kind of financial commitments to to the show um and we need to 
we need to make that valuable for them. So in, yes, I mean, we're, we're looking at how we can connect people. I mean, visitor suppliers that aren't actually exhibiting on the show, they, they still have full access to the education. They can still see who's attending. Um, but obviously the, the one-on-one meetings w- won't be available to them um, because that's where the, the true value of exhibiting comes from in, in being able to, to have that one-on-one time with the buyers and, and discuss things. So um, yeah, I mean, we're looking at at wider networking opportunities and and having kind of group chats and everything but there's always a, a bit of a worry of of the zoom fatigue and whether people actually want that it's, it's very hard to to get the balance of, of forced fun to actual fun uh, correct and so uh, we're working with a few suppliers and, and we've got some ideas and, and hopefully there'll be um the opportunity for everyone to connect in 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 one way or another so and forgive me this question is the wrong one but if, so if I'm on a platform and let's say I'm a supplier, I'm a hotel, and I log onto the platform and I can see Lucy Humbly, Humbly who's here on this on this chat. If I see her at the show, as in she's online, can I talk to her directly, or is that there is no direct connection with people that are online? Yeah, so so there's the opportunity. Yeah, so you can you can request connections. So they'll be able to everyone will be able to request connections with each other. And once you've done that, you can have um, you can have your kind of chats with with each other, one on one direct chat. So um, there is an aspect of it. Yeah, it's just the whole one on one appointments, the video callings that that's not going to be available if, if you're not an exhibitor. Um, okay. Which which I think is is reasonable, really, considering the investment that people people make into the the virtual side of the show. So um, yeah. Yeah, no, I think everyone can appreciate, you know, you have to give value to the exhibitors. It's what makes the show happen. So, no. okay, I understand that. So let's, uh, a little bit on your keynote speaker, which is pretty exciting. I mean, I remember watching that program and everybody was talking about it in terms of that industry and how we would have done this and that. So how did you get him, first of all? Who thought of that idea to, to actually have him as a speaker? Um, I would love to say it was me. Uh, but I can see that Alex is on the call, so I can't take the credit for that. Um, so it's actually Alex Offley, who um, is our, our marketing manager. Um, oh, who... finally, Alex did something. Well done, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, he's been doing a lot lot more than his job for recently. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so he's been banging. He, he mentioned it actually quite soon after the documentary came out, I'm pretty sure. And we've kind of been talking about it before. And then... I'm not really sure how it properly came about, but he was just like, I think I might be able to get in contact with, with him and might be able to get him to speak. Um, so we set up a call and 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 kind of discussed it. And and the more the further it went, the more we understood about because everyone knows him from the Fire Festival documentary and that whole kind of thing. Um, but he is an event organizer, and that's a real he's never wanted to be famous for an absolute mess up. Um so the more we kind of understood about what he's done, I mean, the events he's made, the people he's worked with, um, it's been incredible. Uh, he, I don't know if many people know, but he actually made it part of his personal campaign to, there was a lot of people left out of pocket from the from the uh, the fire festival, so he did a lot of fundraising to to repay, repay that um, that supply chain, uh, which I think he pretty much done in full now so he, he's, he's done a huge amount of work and understands the industry he worked with Leonardo DiCaprio putting on a, um, a benefit which raised over eight million pound dollars for um for for environmental um or for climate change sorry so the things that he's done are amazing and, it, and, it, and that is a real blip in his his um his career as it were but it brings with him that fame that gravitas so it's a it's a really good opportunity to understand how you kind of come over that adversity and still continue to to kind of forge ahead with 
with things. I mean, sustainability uh, is still a huge part of, of what the show is is wanting to promote. Um, it feels like it's kind of taken a bit of a backseat in, in with all the single use kind of PPE and stuff, but that's very much out of necess- necessity. Uh, but moving forward, it, it's something that as a show we want to stand by and, and still push and feel is very key for the industry. So he, his kind of knowledge on that is amazing. And I think we, we saw with the registrations from the buyers, as soon as he, he announced that jumped up, every time we do an email with it, with him involved, we get more and more re- registration. So it's a, a really exciting opportunity. And I think, um, it, yeah, it, it kind of, it's quite a, quite a nice time for him to do it as well, because we are all in this state of flux at the moment, as I'm sure he was off the back of that. And, and kind of how do we, how do we combat it? How do we, do we take this head on and, and actually progress as an industry? It's a really good time to do that. So we're really excited to actually have him. Um, I feel like he's quite a steal. So um, I'd, I'd, I think, uh, yeah. I'd Alex lots of drinks for that one. No, I think it's brilliant. I think it's it's a, it's it's someone I think almost the whole industry would love to hear from. So, uh, congrats to you guys for for getting such a great speaker. And also, I guess one that I mean he'd be absolutely interesting anyway. But also one that dealt with such challenges or or, or you know tried to it, that that kind of parallels will be quite interesting. To, and his take on the current situation. How how does one how do you get to hear him? I mean, can everyone log in and hear him or is there any restrictions? How do you interact with his piece? No, so, um, and again, another another part of the, or core kind of value of the show is is this community. Um, uh, so that goes alongside the sustainability. So we feel like the education we can put on should be accessible from everyone. So um, anyone can register, anyone can attend that session. They just have to, to be within the swap card platform. Um, they they click into, to, on, into the, uh, the education schedule and they will be able to sign up to that that um that session i mean on top of that we've also got three full days of education as well which is all accessible um as as you would expect from from a, a trade show i think uh we've looked to keep it quite refreshing in terms of content um obviously there is a a partial amount of of the current situation and everything but it's very much looking forward and how we are going to what recovery is and and um the, the general things that the issues that we had before and and still moving those forwards and in, in, in the new kind of era of it all um so it's we don't want it i think we're all quite fatigued about talking about the same things all over and over again over the last five months and we, we really want to try and refresh that education and get people encouraged and enthused for for event planning event organizing again um i know obviously there's some uh, there's some some major blocks in the way at the moment, but those blocks are going to go at some point. Um, and we've got to be on the front foot as an industry more than ever, because uh, we all know how long it takes to, to plan these things, to plan plan events, um, to plan conferences, congresses. They, they take years sometimes. So we need to be working on these and 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 be coming up with new ideas and, and not kind of just sitting back and, and waiting for a go green light, which I'm not saying anyone is, but it's we, we've seen that people are really at this position now where they're, they're really hungry to meet with people and hungry to learn more. So it, it feels feels like it's, it's a good time to have uh, so much education going on and, and allowing everyone to access it, really. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess, I guess, I don't know if you've got any more points on this and you probably answered them, but we did a survey uh, on virtual and how our industry were feeling about it. And we had 12% keen still to take part, 38% fairly bored, 
and 51% depends on content. So, you know, there's still a, there's still a 90% potential audience, which is still, which is great if you look at it. But there's, there's equally, you know, big chunk of people who are done with us trying to, and I say us, I mean, our industry trying to talk about industry. And like you've just said, we've all been talking about the same stuff. Um, is there anything else? I mean, how, how are you going to try and main ship, ma maintain the numbers, the engagement, the, the people do attend their appointments, all that kind of stuff, which I think is a, getting more of a challenge? Yeah, you're quite right. So it, it's, I think everyone's so keen to jump on a Zoom call and do it, like even doing things like pub quizzes when this all first started. Now my family suggests a pub quiz on the first one to hang the phone up. Like it, it, <laughs> Everyone's attitudes kind of changed. Um, but I think, like I kind of alluded to, it's moved more towards the thirst for for gaining knowledge and, and going back to how someone would normally interact with with education. It's not out of fear of wanting to know what's going on. It's out of developing as, as an individual and as, as a professional. So I think you're quite right, it, and it seems to be reflected in that. If the content's right, people will be engaged with it. So that's why we've put so much effort into doing the content. Um, we've, it, I kind of alluded to it earlier as well, um, I don't expect people to, to interact in the same way they would on a show. Um, it, it's just silly to think that someone's going to sit down for, for that length of time and interact constantly. Um, so we try to make it as as so people can kind of jump in and out of it. We have all the education will be streamed live. Obviously, we suggest people will be interacting with it live because they can they can comment, they can they can vote in polls, all those kind of things. But then it's all going to be recorded. It's all available on demand. So people can can come on and, and visit what they want when they want. They can have some appointments. They can they can access a bit of education they might have missed or, or kind of plan it around a, a particular session that they want. Um, we've also, which just to add a bit more, um, uh, let's say, uh, uh, make it a bit harder for ourselves, we've decided to pretty much launch a TV channel um, over the course of this three days as well. So we've got something that we're going to be running called TMS TV, which will be sat on the homepage of the um, of the, the platform, which is going to be like a continual feed of interviews, short content, adverts, speaker previews, a bit of education, just so to keep people engaged. But everyone's attention span is a lot shorter on a, on a computer. There's a lot more distractions. Um, so yeah, it, it's really just trying to be, make make the platform flexible so it fits in around people's um, uh, diaries and, and their general work life as well. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm gonna just see if people have got questions, please pop them in the chat or come off your camp, put your camera on and ask away. Um, and while you're thinking about that, so, you obviously spent a huge amount of time in and obviously preempting potential need to go fully virtual. Tell us a bit about that journey for finding that platform. You touched on your matrix and stuff, but uh, how, how did you go about it? Because I imagine there's people here on this call or list going to listen later on or going through the same thing where they kind of need to go virtual, they need to go hybrid, but there's, there's, just, there's not that education that there was about live. How did you do it? Yeah, well, I think the, the first thing uh, that happened was it was a very scary time because I think you're kind of, you know, a live events like the back of your hand. So you can make quite informed decisions where, but all of a sudden, we I think we found ourselves saying, all right, we need a virtual platform. And it's literally like the thing of typing virtual platform into Google and see what comes up. <laughs> um, so quite quickly, we realized we needed to, to really I think because you start talking to people and, and there's there's so many amazing um, different companies that do 
wonderful things and they do they offer different um visuals different key aspects to their to their platform which others don't have and it's amazing and you kind of when you start talking to them you get really inspired by it all but naturally a, a, a company is going to be pushing what they are good at um, and i think what we did is we took a step back we put together a really comprehensive brief of right these are the really core bits that we need for our show um so no matter what platform we we use you have to be able to do these ones and these are nice to have and then tell us about your amazing features and how they could enhance what we've got as our core but that that's kind of the main thing um and once we did that it made it a lot easier because people would start talking about all of these things and we'd be like well can you do this and they're like well we can't and immediately we know then that's not going to work for us. Um, it could potentially work for someone else, but um, it, it wouldn't work for us. Um, I think another really key thing is, is just talking to other organisers. That really helped us out as well. So um, just sharing our experiences. It's been, it's been quite humbling, the, the amount of time people give have given to us to, to kind of discuss their experience, where they're at. Um, and, and it kind of makes you realize that everyone's in that same position. Um, and, and actually if people are saying, it's quite a scary thing to do. Everyone's like, oh, I haven't wanted to say that, but yeah, God, I don't, don't know what I'm doing. But actually once you start working together and, and getting through it, you, you start to implement it in your head and, and, and understand that how it all fits together properly. Um, like I said uh, earlier, before everyone was on, it's like even now we're frantically becoming uh like moving goalposts all the time with with the with the kind of virtual platform and making sure it's all ready and, it, and it's and it's it's a good it's interesting because it's a new thing that we're learning but it's it's um yeah it's a it's a, a bit of a um a, when you first started that process it's a bit of a scary one so um but no it, it we, so we we, we long listed them we shortlisted them and and we came up with one that that fitted everything that we need needed um, and we we're lucky enough that we were going to be using it as our hybrid platform so actually the decision to go virtual wasn't too too big a one because we knew and we'd had that at the core of our our um, brief that it could fully take a, a, a large-scale exhibition so we knew that we could pivot onto that i hate the word pivot but i'm going to say it, pivot onto that very quickly so um yeah it's it's a, an interesting process and one that if there's any organizers that want to discuss it i've, I've already talked to a few of them about how we've done it um and more than open to kind of share that because um, it's been an interesting journey, let's say that. <laughs> yeah, probably after the show, right? <laughs> you don't like to take yeah, yeah, maybe not, maybe not so many one-to-ones <laughs> in the next 19 days before the show, but um, <laughs> yes. Is, is there a part of you that's enjoyed it or is it, I mean, is it quite harrowing? <laughs> Be yes, honest. Um, it's, it's funny because the whole process and, and you, you get used to a way of working with your colleagues. Um, and then all of a sudden you're in your own living room talking to someone, having a, having a discussion with someone about something and you don't agree with them and they're saying something and you're like, how dare you speak to me like that in my own living room? Because it's the whole, <laughs> the whole kind of way that meetings work. You don't read the room. It's all just been so different. So it's been a huge learning curve, uh, learning experience for all of us. Um, the team have been incredible, like with, with people going off on furlough, coming back off furlough, getting straight stuck into it um just completely i mean part of the the stress of all of this has been making decisions um and not knowing what that decision is going to mean so having to scenario plan um but not really knowing the true scenario so you've got to do you normally have like a b and c options you're using all the the letters now like it's, you're doing every <laughs> single thing so 
it's been it's been an interesting one it's been a stressful one um and this is actually my first year of event directing so i'm, I'm sure that <laughs> sure that this is this has been a bit of a baptism of fire so um but no it, like i said it's learning new skills learning to adapt and I, th I think that's key um we keep saying return live events um i think um when that comes that will be amazing the face-to-face -face side of things um just unfortunately at the moment we, we've got to stick to this virtual side uh, if we're looking at the large scale stuff so it's kind of a, a necessity at the moment for for as much business continuity as possible and and we feel like we've got to to be forging the way to do that um, and and kind of getting support from from the industry has been amazing to to be able to be in the position to do it as well so good um so let me ask you just about obviously you as well as all the challenges of the technical side um which which, which are huge i imagine but the, the management of all of your customers your clients uh stakeholders sponsors exhibitors they may not, you know, they've, they've, they've come in, they, they love the meeting show. I've been to the one every year since you launched. They all love the show. It's a great show that for the UK market. But they've obviously, they sign up for something, which is live, and we all know why. How have you managed them to, in terms of what they were expecting and now having to go virtual, what, how has those discussions happened and what, what have you been able to offer? Because, again, you are a commercial business. Everyone gets that. But, but you know how, how have you handled them because it's also not what what they wanted for some of them uh, yeah i mean i think in one in, uh, it, it, we're in a privileged position that we run an event for event professionals so everyone kind of understands what goes into putting an event on um and that it's not a fact of handing over all of the money for an event the night before the event actually occurs um so i think we're in a very lucky position that people understand that um and also understand that, that things change and, and and also that that quite often that's out of well certainly in this case that that's very much out of our hands and um as a as a show we've tried to be as flexible as possible um and as open and honest as possible let people know decisions as soon as we've made them but also just kind of presenting the facts and and discussing on on a very real term of, of what we're going to be putting on on the virtual show so i mean for instance we've got over 1200 pre-registered um buyers already through the system which actually compared to a normal year <laughs> is higher than we've ever had before um at, at this stage three weeks out from the show um we've got some amazing uh, companies that have signed up to it so I mean, obviously, we understand the value proposition of a virtual event is different to that of a uh, a live event, and and we've we've had those discussions and have been um, quite open and honest and and tried to be as accommodating as, as as possible in in moving things to next year if people need to if they're not in the position to exhibit, um, and yeah, but at the same time. I'm really ha excited about what we've kind of put together for October. So I don't want people just to say oh no we can't do it draw a line under this year because actually if you're trying to be if you are looking at some proactive things um i mean everyone particularly from a sales point of view they're desperate to get leads at the moment and, and to start talking about something in the future so if you're in that position and your company's in that position we just we've kind of said look this is what it's going to be this is we've got a different cost for it um if that works for you then that's great and we'd love you to be part of it um and so yeah it's 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 been 
uh, again humbling in the support that we've got from from people um obviously there are some difficult conversations to have and uh we're, we're still having those conversations because i think we, we try and be as open and honest as possible one thing that i've really learned is that um it's that there's no room for smoke and mirrors anymore uh it's you, you just be honest about your position we're all running companies um they'll be honest about their position and and you work towards something that that works for both of you so um yeah it's it's not been a, um the the summer breeze that the show normally is uh but uh certainly the the kind of support has made it a lot easier um and and also just the support for the return to 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 next year as well and people willing to support that and and still backing the show um but it's very understandable people have different positions at the moment so um yeah it's it's been an interesting one on that front as well i can imagine okay yeah i can't um yeah okay i'm weird we're i would just want to say if people have got questions please do come off mute um uh, or popping questions into the chat. Uh, we've got about five, ten minutes left. Um, so you touched on next year. Uh, I guess at this point, it's uh, have you got dates set for next year? Is it still? Yeah, we're back in June, twenty twenty second and twenty third. Um, so yeah, we, we've got those dates sorted. And back now, at Olympia. Um, at the moment, yes. <laughs> uh, there's obviously. The um, the backdating of, of of event schedules is uh, proving hard to to kind of fit everything in. So we're working to to that as best we can. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, um, so I'm gonna just see so a few more minutes if there's any questions. Um, in terms of the the expo partners, who are some key ones that are supporting the show this year? Um, so a lot, a lot of the UK destinations are still involved. Um, we've still got a lot of the the international destinations. Um, some, so I mean, Visit Britain are, uh, are still pushing um, pushing the show out. We've come up with a new partnership as well because I think at this point we want to really do as much as we can to support the industry. So actually, it's opened up the door quite nicely to get some of the um, smaller UK destinations which don't necessarily have the the budget to do the show normally to to get them involved um and so meet england have been great in in working with us and we're, we're working towards a solution for that um we've got all the the the, the big destinations that you would normally look to find at the show um a, a real eclectic mix of uh international destinations and venues as well um and and some really good hotel groups so yeah, it, it, for a buyer, there's still a huge amount that they can come and, and experience. And I think they've been starved of opportunity of actually having these meetings with these suppliers over recent times because there's not been any opportunity to. So, um, yeah, the, the exhibitor list, list looks really strong. You can see it on our websites. Um, and uh, again, it's it's just it's, it's growing day by day. I think we since we made the announcement to the virtual only, it's actually, like I said, opened up a door to people that, a might not have felt comfortable doing the, the live show and so hadn't shown any interest um but b also they can now come in and interact at a lower price point so um yeah it's it, really exciting to, in terms of these uh, exhibitors that we've got awesome yeah i guess the domestic demand of where this market's going to come back is going to you know suits uh is going to be a stronger area okay well i i want to say thank you for taking time today to tell us all about the meeting show. I think everyone's behind you and the team. 
to put on an excellent show. Um, is there any final words from you? Um, just thank you. Thank you for everyone's support. Um, it's really shown why it's been good to be part of the industry. Um, the, the, the We Make events uh, protest yesterday outside Westminster, the, the We Make experiences, everything that, that people are kind of coming together and, and singing in a in one voice has it's been incredible. And I think it, it's, whilst there's a lot of adversity at the moment, it's, I've never been proud of to be part of an industry. So um, no, just thanks for everyone, really. Thanks for, for everyone's time and, and sharing of knowledge. It's been, it's been extremely helpful. No, thanks guys. Uh, thanks, Jack. Um, lovely. Th- uh, thanks to all the team at the meeting show. Um, we really wish you the best of luck in the next few weeks uh, for putting the final details together. And we really look forward to, was it June 20, June the 21st, was it? 22nd and 23rd. Well, <laughs> excuse me, meeting back live then. Thank you everyone for listening in. Um, hope you have a great week. We'll be back live next week with the Mason Rose event um, and other, the live event on the 4th of November, as we mentioned. So do check out mostbeonit.com and click on talks and you'll see the rest of the programme. Thanks everyone for joining. Um, have a good week. Thanks, Jack. We really hope you enjoyed those talks and if so, please rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. To see what the next discussions are, please go to mustbeonit.com and click on talks in the menu bar. To contact MiceBook, please email us at info at or follow us on Instagram and Twitter.